Kilmeny of the Orchard, Chapter 18. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Kilmeny of the Orchard by Lucy Maud Montgomery. Chapter 18. Neil Gordon Solves His Own Problem. It's a miracle, said Thomas Gordon in an awed tone. It was the first time he had spoken since Eric and Kilmeny had rushed in, hand in hand, like two children intoxicated with joy and wonder, and gasped out their story together to him and Janet. Oh, no, it is very wonderful, but it is not a miracle, said Eric. David told me it might happen. I had no hope that it would. Oh, he could explain it all to you if he were here. Thomas Gordon shook his head. I doubt if he could, Master, he or anyone else. It is near enough a miracle for me. Let us thank God reverently and humble that he has seen fit to remove this curse from the innocent. Your doctors may explain it as they like, lad, but I'm thinking they won't get much nearer to it than that. It is awesome, that's what it is. Janet, woman, I feel as if I were in a dream. Can Kilmani really speak? Indeed I can, uncle, said Kilmani, with a rapturous glance at Eric. Oh, I don't know how it came to me. I felt that I must speak, and I did, and it is so easy now. It seems to me as if I could always have done it. She spoke naturally and easily. The only difficulty which she seemed to experience was in the proper modulation of her voice. Occasionally she pitched it too high, again too low. But it was evident that she would soon acquire perfect control of it. It was a beautiful voice, very clear and soft and musical. Oh, I am so glad that the first word I said was your name, dearest, she murmured to Eric. What about Neil? asked Thomas Gordon gravely, rousing himself with an effort from his abstraction of wonder. What are we to do with him when he returns? In one way, this is a sad business. Eric had almost forgotten about Neil in his overwhelming amazement and joy. The realization of his escape from sudden and violent death had not yet had any opportunity to take possession of his thoughts. We must forgive him, Mr. Gordon. I know how I should feel towards a man who took Kilmeny from me. It was an evil impulse to which he gave way in his suffering, and think of the good which has resulted from it. That is true, Master, but it does not alter the terrible fact that the boy had murder in his heart, and that he would have killed you. An overruling providence has saved him from the actual commission of the crime, and brought good out of evil, but he is guilty in thought and purpose, and we have cared for him and instructed him as our own. With all his faults we have loved him. It's a hard thing, and I do not see what we are to do. We cannot act as if nothing had happened. We can never trust him again." But Neil Gordon solved the problem himself. When Eric returned that night, he found old Robert Williamson in the pantry, regaling himself with a lunch of bread and cheese after a trip to the station. Timothy sat on the dresser in black velvet state and gravely addressed himself to the disposal of various tidbits that came his way. Good night, master. Glad to see you're looking more like yourself. I told the wife it was only a lover's quarrel, most like. She's been worrying about you, but she didn't like to ask you what was the trouble. 
she ain't one of them unfortunate folks who can't be happy without their everlasting poking their noses into other people's business but what kind of a rumpus was kicked up at the gordon place tonight master eric looked amazed what could robert williamson have heard so soon what do you mean he asked why us folks at the station knew there must have been a to-do of some kind when neil gordon went off on the harvest excursion the way he did neil gone on the harvest excursion exclaimed eric yes sir you know this was the night the excursion train left they cross on the boat tonight special trip there was a dozen or so fellows from hereabouts went we was all standing around chatting when lincoln frame drove up full speed and neil jumped out of his rig just bolted into the office got us ticketed out again and onto the train without a word to anyone and as black-looking as the old scratch himself we was all too surprised to speak till he was gone lincoln couldn't give us much information he said neil had rushed up to their place about dark looking as if the constable was after him and offered to sell that black filly of his to lincoln for sixty dollars if lincoln would drive him to the station in time to catch the excursion train the filly was neil's own and lincoln had been wanting to buy her but neil would never hear to it afore lincoln jumped at the chance neil had brought the filly with him and lincoln hitched right up and took him to the station neil hadn't no luggage of any kind and wouldn't open his mouth the whole way up lincoln says we concluded him and old thomas must have had a row do you know anything about it or was you so wrapped up in sweethearting that you didn't hear or see nothing else eric reflected rapidly he was greatly relieved to find that neil had gone he would never return and this was best for all concerned old robert must be told a part of the truth at least since it would soon become known that kilmeny could speak there was some trouble at the gordon place tonight mr williamson he said quietly neil gordon behaved rather badly and frightened kilmeny terribly so terribly that a very surprising thing has happened she has found herself able to speak and can speak perfectly old robert laid down the piece of cheese he was conveying to his mouth on the point of a knife and stared at eric in blank amazement god bless my soul master what an extraordinary thing he ejaculated are you in earnest or are you trying to see how much of a fool you can make of the old man no mr williamson i assure you it is no more than the simple truth dr baker told me that a shock might cure her and it has as for neil he has gone no doubt for good and i think it well that he has not caring to discuss the matter further eric left the kitchen but as he mounted the stairs to his room he heard old robert muttering like a man in hopeless bewilderment well i never heard anything like this in all my born days never never timothy did you ever hear the like them gordons are an unaccountable lot and no mistake they couldn't act like other people if they tried i must wake mother up and tell her about this or i'll never be able to sleep end of chapter eighteen